For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome to The Answer, where we ask and answer the biggest questions in the NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg, and joining me today is Keith Parrish of Grind City Media. Keith does a great job covering the Grizzlies and the NBA on several podcasts, including Fast Break Breakfast and Grits and Grind. Keith, uh, we're talking after the Grizzlies just won a thrilling game against the Cavs last night. They have won now 11 straight. They're up to second place in the Western Conference, just a half game behind the Denver Nuggets for the top seed. Why should people believe in the Grizzlies? as legitimate championship contenders? I think that there is a little proof of concept with uh, elite defense plus superstar player in John Moran. I think also adding the fact that Jaron and Desmond Bain have taken quite obvious leaps again this season, which seems hard to comprehend, puts them in uh, definitely title contention. I think it's a wide open field. I also go back to this weird stat, total novelty stat. The Grizzlies are 31-0. and when they get a 10-point lead this season. I love that stat. That's a bizarre stat. I think the combination of having the best defense in the NBA plus the top five offense, it's like what more do people want to see? I know I understand the skepticism of a team can't normally break through, you know, because they've never done it before. But I think they honestly have as just, you know, as good of a shot as anybody. It's what the computer models are telling us. Just no one believes it. It's like last year this time, no one believed the Celtics were going to make the finals, and the Celtics did make the finals. Um, I think it's possible. I'm not saying it's probable, but I definitely think the, the Grizzlies definitely in the in the conversation is one of the best teams in the NBA and should be mentioned as, as a contender. You mentioned last year. What did you learn about this team after last season's playoff run? They get eliminated in the second round by the Warriors. How do you think that's going to help them this season? I think it's an important process to go through of lo losing those close games and, and losing them. How like people forget this. And I think this is one thing where maybe small market Grizzlies fans are extra sensitive about the way the national media talks about us and our team. Um, like just going through last season where the Grizzlies lost in six games to the Warriors, the Grizzlies had leads in the fourth quarters of three of those four losses. They were ahead in the final two minutes in two of them. And it's like, it feels like no one ever remembers these things. Like guys, John Rant played in three games last year. Desmond Bain was hospitalized for a back injury in the series. Steven Adams was hurt. Dylan Brooks was suspended. Like we never had our team. And yet, you know, we, we gave the Warriors a run, the eventual champions. So I think just getting that out of the way, like you had a underwhelming series against the Timberwolves. And that's the first time the Grizzlies had been favored in a series in you know, like six years. And so it's like, mm -hmm. you just have to go through those things. I feel like, I mean, it was Bain's first playoff experience where he wasn't just playing spot minutes off the bench. Bain was massive in the playoffs last year. And like Jaron has struggled each year in the playoff with the playoffs with his offense. And you just see him like they're so young. And I do think being on those national stages, getting um, attention, good and bad for what you do as a team. It, it seems like it's, it's a helpful process of what it takes for teams to, to, you know, eventually advance even further in the playoffs. What is this team's connection to the city? How would you describe it? Is it at all like the grit and grind era? Because people want to compare. National broadcasts will compare it back then all the time. What is the connection of this team 
to the city right now? I have a lot of trouble with these questions because I normally roll my eyes at them. Um, because but here, here's, here's, here's an example, Wes. Like, when it was Grit and Grind Grizzlies, they're like, oh, man. Like, what a tough and rugged playing style, which reflects the blue-collar character of Memphis. Right. And then now it's like, man, what a fun razzle-dazzle style. That reflects the creativity and excitement of a vibrant, creative city like Memphis. I'm like, you guys, we can write these things about everyone. Uh, right. like, so I have difficulty with that. I do think they're, they're connected to the city um, in the way that like John Morant has embraced the town. I don't think anyone has concerns about like, like all these rote conversations of when is Luka Doncic going to ask for a trade? When will Giannis Antetokounmpo mm. want to go somewhere else? Like I, we don't, we don't worry about it. Like he's from South Carolina. He played at Murray state. Like he's connected with the, the, the city, the people there. And I think all of the Grizzlies, like, you know, they all have similar stories where they weren't the McDonald's all American from the very beginning um, type thing. Uh, maybe like was Zaire Williams, like the highest prep uh, recruited yeah. guy on the team. I'm trying to, I'm, th I'm just thinking, I'm mean, off the top of my head. I'm I trying to think right. like, like who was um, like Dylan Brooks, man, he was the second round pick a 45th pick and no one thought he would even be this good. And I can't get over the Desmond Bain stuff still blows my mind. Like, yeah. like no one, I mean, Desmond Bain, if he hadn't been hurt, he'd be, he should be an all-star. Desmond Bain's averaging 22 points per game, four assists per game, 43% from three. The Grizzlies are 19 and five when Desmond Bain plays. Like the, the Grizzlies are in a 65 win pace. That's another thing, Wes. Like the Grizzlies, all right, they have like um, best defense, one of the best offenses. I think we're up to 10 games that Jaron, Ja, and Desmond Bain have played together. Like they're so deep. And I think in the, in the pit of our stomachs, like the thing that does hold Grizzlies fans back is we do wonder, like, are we just, are we a regular season juggernaut? Like, is there another step to go? But we're not, we're not going to know the answer to that. And also, by the way, being a regular season juggernaut, super fun. I love yep. it. Highly recommend. Where were you when John Morant dunked on Jalen Smith? Where was I? I was in my basement watching basketball. Um, I mean, it was, it was one of those. So like a lot of times when I watch sports at night, um, I got a couple of TVs and a lot of times either I'll, I'll sometimes like my wife will be watching something on the other TV and I'll have like a computer and then like the other TV to be muted or something, or she'll be watching on her iPad with like headphones on. She's like, Oh, big, big basketball night. I'll just, I'll, I'll watch something, you know? Um, and then uh, I think I, I slightly startled her with my physical reaction, you know, because it was like, I jumped, you know, <laughs> like I, uh, I, I definitely had like a, a like, like a, a uncontrolled reaction to, Oh my goodness. Did you see that? And then, um, yeah, yeah, no. So I, I remember. Um, the funniest thing was I show. It's like I have a, I have an eight year old and a five year old, and my eight year old's kind of getting into basketball, but not really. And I'm like, hey, you have to see this dunk. It's incredible. There's never anything like it. And he goes, what did he do? A flip? <laughs> I'm like, no, son, he didn't do a flip. And he, he, he wasn't that impressed. He's poor guy's growing up on John Morant. He was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm like, that was the best dunk. It's wrong. <laughs> Did he do a flip? Now that's a like, fair well, question. That's now a fair it's question. Actually, now it's yeah. a little bit of a disappointing dunk. He did not exactly. Do a flip I'm like, no, he doesn't do a flip. You can't watch this. Never mind. Yeah. Maybe if it was a full court fast break, he would have had the yeah. You know yeah. Anyway, um, I actually went back because you said we've never seen anything like this, and and I agree. I don't think what you know, and I'm not breaking news here, but just the way that he brought his arm all the way back to the point where it was horizontal with the court. I went back like 20 three years and just like did some YouTube deep dives, best dunks of whatever season mashup, things like that. I don't know that we've seen anything quite like the arm that far back horizontal to the court and then yeah. bringing it back and dunking over somebody. And he dunked Jalen Smith kind of floated out of the way, 
but he dunked over Jalen Smith. Like that is a dunking over, not a fake dunk over. That's a dunking over a dude. Um, 2006 Vince Carter. Yeah. Over Alonzo Mourning. That to me is maybe the closest thing that I've seen over it. Dwayne Wade, 2009, Dwayne Wade over Anderson Barajal with just the level of ferocity to go over a player who's legitimately trying to stop you. Uh, You could go all the way back to 2000, Steve Francis over Javadi White, of course, is is a famous one. But this is is that era or that area that this John Morant dunk is in right now. No, I I strongly agree. I actually cited. I was trying to come up with similar things where like the the angle of the cockback with with how far that thing went back. I don't think I've seen it. And I actually specifically mentioned uh, Steve Francis. Like I remember Steve Francis would dunk like that, and he also was smaller, so it, it looks more impressive. Uh, there's more like parts flying around. Maybe that makes it seem more visually aesthetically pleasing. But yeah, it's absolutely an all timer. I mean, I just compare it to some of the ones we've had in the past couple of years where we've had like the Anthony Edwards over your boy, Gabe Vincent, um, you know, where I like that, that one was so good. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's always hard to say, you know, there, there's so much subjectivity when it comes to like, what's the greatest dunk, but that's why I honestly want, I need, I need scientists to measure for me. Like the, the, the angle of the arm reaching back and, and then rising up over a seven footer. Right. It, it definitely makes it special. Was it harder than doing a front flip? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who, who's to say? Uh, <laughs> Three core pieces, John Morant, Desmond Bain, buffest three-point shooter in NBA history, probably. Jaron oh. Jackson. Um, beyond them, who's your favorite role player after those guys? I'm not asking you who the best one is, just your favorite. You're in your basement watching Grizzlies basketball. Who's your favorite role player after those three guys? Um, I think it's got to be Dylan Brooks. Um, okay. I, I, I've basically become a, a Dylan Brooks disciple, mm-hmm. and it was on accident because, like, I felt like everyone was criticizing him so frequently and he receives way too much criticism for his on-court play. Like he's spectacular. He's a really good NBA player. And I'm always like, I don't understand how people think the Grizzlies win basketball games. Like, like they're like, Oh, uh, Desmond Bain and Jerry Jackson Jr. Were out and the Grizzlies, you know, they, they won again. It's like, how do you think that happens? Like, I don't understand how people like all the, I, I've, I've beat this dead horse silver on my other podcasts. Like all these NBA rank things where yeah. it's like, is it just a mystery? To these people, how the Grizzlies have like the second best record in the NBA when like Ja, Jaron, and Desmond don't play together. It's like, no, Steven Adams is great. Dylan Brooks is really, really good. And so I think because of the the wildness of Dylan, you he he's uncontrolled. And he does take some terrible shots. But like he's so good at defense. He tries so hard that um I think, yeah, I would say he's definitely my favorite uh beyond the big three. My my favorite guy there. What do you want the Grizzlies to do at the trade deadline, if anything? I haven't seen a deal that makes sense to me. Um, I know everyone wants to package the salary of Danny Green, but like Danny Green's practicing now. And so Mm -hmm. reports are he's going to come back and I don't see anything available for a trade that's better than a potentially healthy Danny Green. I mean, that's a guy who's won titles. He's a three and D guy. And for me, that's, that's the trade deadline addition is hopefully Danny Green can play basketball and maybe soak up some of those minutes um, that are going to like Zaire and John Conchar and maybe they wouldn't go to in the playoffs. So I don't see a deal out there that makes a ton of sense. Even like one of these home run deals, if it is for the Raptors, like OG Ananobi, right. I, uh, the fit isn't ideal. And I do think what the Grizzlies have, um, we forget about it because, you know, it, it, it didn't, it, it, it kind of cra- came to a crashing halt in the Warriors series for a number of reasons, but like their starting five is elite. It was elite last year. 
it's been a leak this year as far as like net rating the the plus 23 both seasons uh per 100 possessions and i think that's enough with these again these leaps that bain and jaron jackson jr have taken like we've already talked about jaron jackson jr who is just doing things that have never been done before in, in nba history he has he's on pace for having the greatest block percentage ever and he's doing that while scoring 17 points per game and 18 points per game and he's making three pointers he's the first player ever to go 10 straight games with making a three and having multiple blocks in each game. And so like, I think with the developments we've had of Bain has become an all-star and Jaron is an all-star that you have a big three that the pieces in my mind, and I'm probably a little bit prisoner of the moment too excited about this regular season win streak, but like the pieces in my mind, they fit great around what they already have. They are all perfect compliments. And so if we're looking at complimentary pieces, no, I don't think Malik Beasley or Jordan Clarkson is a better complimentary piece than Danny Green and John Conchar. Like we have, I think most of our minutes accounted for uh, assuming good health in the playoffs. So I expect, and I I guess I'm hoping for probably a a quiet trade deadline for the Grizzlies. Last question. Can you match each of the Grizzlies starters to a musical instrument? Oh, wow. Different than if they were in a band. I'm not asking you who the lead singer is, just a musical instrument for each of the starting five players. That's a great. That's a great one. I'm gonna say my first thought is just Stephen Adams is the bass guitar. He's just yeah, you know, like one of those stand up bass the, guitars. The, the founder. Yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll give him an upright bass. Sure. Um, foundation rhythm section keeps us together. I think Jaron is an electric guitar, mm-hmm. and I think he's he's loud, flamboyant, and maybe he's one of those electric guitarists who actually just kind of stands still. Like more of a shoegaze, just standing still, but like he's got a crank, smashing pumpkin style. The uh, the amps are, are just raging. Um, let's see, uh, Jaw. I mean, the creativity. I almost honestly want to go piano or like saxophone or or something. Um, and let's see, Bane. I don't know. Bane's not screaming instrument to me. I honestly want to. I'm gonna come back to Bane. Let's say Dylan Brooks. Go banjo. It's a banjo. Um, it's fierce. Like it. <laughs> it it stands out. You can't hide it. Right. If you got a lot of instruments playing and a banjo plays, you're gonna hear the banjo. Yep. So looks, I looks weird. Yeah, looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hide you can't hide a banjo in, in, in an ensemble. You can't hide Dylan Brooks in an ensemble. That's a bass my drummer. Why not? There I mean, he's got those drummer arms, he's got those huge biceps. <laughs> You know, he's been doing a paradiddle here and there his whole life growing up, um, practicing to those tapes to get just right so he can stay right in the pocket. Um, no, yeah, I'll, I'll go drums for drummer for, or excuse me, it was instrument. Drum, drums. drum drums. set, an entire drum set for, for Desmond Bain. Uh, Keith Parrish, nobody covers the Grizzlies better. Love talking to you, man. Um, what do you got going on? Uh, where can people find you? Uh, if you're a Grizzlies fan, make sure you listen to Grits and Grinds. Go watch it on YouTube. If you like the NBA in general, well, you should be listening to Fast Break Breakfast. We have a great time uh, just covering the weirdness of the National, ba- National Basketball Association. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Thanks, Wes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.